You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. We're brought to you today by ZipRecruiter. Tell you more about them here in a moment after I talk about the Broncos draft class. We, if you haven't figured out, this is part eight of an eight-part series where I am going to break down the AFC West. We've done all the other seven divisions. I urge you to go check that out. Often, Also talk to Mike Sando this week, as we will next week. Next week, we'll get back to a regular schedule. I'll probably get a lot more of the locked-on hosts involved next week. Um, I urge you to go check out your favorite team, Locked On Broncos, Locked On Raiders. You get the idea. And there's some great hosts around our entire Locked On network. The NBA playoffs are rolling, too. Check out the Locked On NBA podcast. I um, actually watched a little bit of that recently, so maybe I'll get into a little bit more NBA playoffs. I need to, but I just don't have the time or, you know, whatever. That's not why you tuned in, though, obviously. So let's dig right into Denver. And Denver traded back with the Steelers, go from 10 to 20. In the process, they picked up some extra picks, one of which they used to trade up to get Drew Locke, but now they have the Steelers third for next year, too. So um, nice work by them. They end up with Noah Fant in the first round. I wonder if they would have taken Hawkinson at 10, if they had stayed put, if he would have lasted another spot. Fant is fast. He is athletic. He is a really good move-around weapon, sort of in, I guess, the Shannon Sharp mold, possibly. Um, he's not a super crisp, refined route runner yet, and I'd like to see him go up and pluck the ball, show better ball skills, especially away from his frame. But overall, there's a lot here to work with. Remember, part of their draft compensation went to the, very little, went to Baltimore for Flacco, um, Flacco has always had what I call his whoopee, his safety blanket, often a tight end type or a Bolden or a Mason. Can Fant develop into that guy? Um, he's got a lot of work to do to be that guy. I mean, those whoobies that I've talked about have always been the reliable, crisp route runners, which I just described isn't exactly Fant's game. But boy, he can be a mismatch in today's NFL. He's brings a lot of what you're looking for, detach him against linebackers, those type of things. But you're going to need a creative, you know, uh, play designer, uh, for sure, to maximize what he does best. Also from the Steelers, they got Mike Munchak, and the interior of the offensive line for Denver was really hurting. Uh, Dalton Reisner is going to play somewhere on this line. I would imagine he starts at guard. I think he can be a center. I think he could be a tackle. I think they're going to love him. I would imagine... He's going to solve some problem on that line. Has a little bit of nastiness to him. And I would say tight end and interior O-line were probably their two biggest needs going into this draft. And they got two guys that could be impact players very soon. I'd be shocked um, if the, the offensive line isn't noticeably better. Mentioned that they added Drew Locke, which seems like an Elway-type prospect. Um, I urge you to listen to the conversation I had with Mike Sando because we we talked about this a little bit where I kind of praised the Broncos, even though I'm not a huge Locke supporter, and I, but I did make the joke, well, even though I don't see him as a future starter, just because he got him at 42 doesn't mean all of a sudden he's a future starter, you know, but 
they they go back to back picks at 41, 42, and I think Locke at this stage though is very much worth the risk. There's a lot of tools there to to work with. He has pocket, you know, um, skills as well as very good athleticism, a big arm. I would think you know Flacco holding down the fort for a year or so is a good formula for this young man, and they had the extra draft capital to go do it. So I think it's worth the risk. That doesn't mean all of a sudden that I love Drew Locke, but um, under these circumstances, I commend them for making the move, and I didn't think he'd fall as far as he did. Draymond Jones from Ohio State played a lot of snaps for them despite playing with a really talented defensive line. Um, He had eight and a half sacks last year for Ohio State. Interior pass rusher. I mean, he's not going to hold up against double teams. He comes off the ball, didn't test as well as you'd think, but the production is absolutely there. Um, I would think they kind of look at him as a Malik Jackson, although Jackson's the better player. But interior pass rush, I think, is the whole thing to think about with him. Making plays in the backfield that can get washed out at times, too. So they had three picks, or four picks in the top 71 after their trade down. Didn't have a fourth-round pick. They picked the fifth and a sixth-rounder, Justin Hollins from Oregon. He's a pass rusher, special teamer for sure. Um, Needs to put on a little bit more weight, bulk up. But there's absolutely traits there to work with for them. Um, I kind of see him as the Barrett replacement, you know, productive, athletic, They don't need a starting edge player, obviously, but he might develop into a really solid number three, which is what Barrett was when he left after they drafted Chubb a year ago. And then they stayed close to home with their last pick, a big-bodied wide receiver, Winfrey from Colorado. Uh, I would think there's a pretty clear path for him to make this team. I don't know enough about him to say if he would help on special teams or not, but with his dimensions, I would hope he can develop into some sort of special teams contributor, but sure help his cause to make the league, obviously. Um, I mentioned before we are brought to you by ZipRecruiter, and I often use the example of when I was at Pitt as the recruiting assistant and bins and bins of VHS tapes came across my desk every day. If I had a service like ZipRecruiter.com, I would have been so much more efficient as you could be with your hiring process. So go to ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on and I'll tell you a little bit more about them. But wow, would they have made my life unbelievably easier if they could have just weeded out the guys I didn't need to spend so much time watching. That in itself would have been well worth it. And it's exactly what ZipRecruiter does. So ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans through thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. The applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter gets a quality candidate through the site within the first day. That kind of blows me away. 80% within the first day. So, as of right now, Listeners to the Locked On Network can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn, all one word, all lowercase. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. ZipRecruiter is absolutely the smartest way to hire. 
All right, so next up, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. And clearly, the majority of their draft capital, and it wasn't cheap, went to adding Clark. And they're transforming their their, their defensive scheme to some degree. New coordinator, can't be any worse. And, but they did create big plays. They've always rushed the passer. So uh, we, we've talked about this before, so I'm not going to talk much about Clark. But I'm going to talk about what they added. And... Miko Hardman, uh, I mean, a speedster. The obvious comparison is a Deshaun Jackson, Tyreek Hills at the top of that spectrum. Um, instrumental going back to D-Jax with the Eagles in Reed's um, offense is that downfield threat. We've never really seen one like Tyreek, though. I'm not saying Hardman is Tyreek, but he ran a 4-3-3. He only caught 59 passes in a three-year career at Georgia. And obviously, he wasn't the only threat on that, that passing game. But I do think that's noteworthy. Um, it shows, obviously, and maybe more will come out about the, the recording that came out from Tyreek. But they obviously are very concerned that Hill is not going to be a football player or is going to face suspension. And again, that is an instrumental piece of the scheme and opening up room for everybody else. Um, there's a big, big shoes to fill. And I do think some people are just like, oh, they won't miss a beat. They'll just put Hardman in for Tyreek. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, Tyreek could do it all, including the jet sweeps and the pre-snap stuff and all those type of threats. And he's a much better all-around route runner than Hardman. But you see what they're doing. I mean, you don't need me to figure out and to tell you what the thought process here is using their first pick on a speedy little receiver that can be a big play threat. Um, Juan Thornhill is a safety from Virginia. He was their sec other second-round pick, former corner, highly versatile, um, should match with the Honey Badger in terms of Ability to do a lot of things. I would think he could match up against the Noah Fants of the world quite well uh, with those former cornerback skills. I don't know that he is an outside corner. That would worry me. I think he's more of a middle-of-the-field defender, do-it-all guy. Not wonderful against the run, but a lot of pass breakups. I mean, he gets his hands on footballs. Again, I think a huge key to this makeup of this team is big plays on defense. If you can, the offense is going to score. Um, a pass rush is the key here, but guys like the Honey Badger and Thornhill, not knowing exactly where they're going to be, the quarterback might throw him one that they shouldn't. He's long. He, he's fast. So this makes a lot of sense to me. I really like Kalen Saunders, their third-round pick. Couldn't be much more different than Chris Jones in terms of body type, shorter, squattier, thicker type guy where Jones is super long. But should help against the pass and the run. Their interior run defense has been so bad lately. Um, I think Saunders. It's going to be a jump from Western Illinois, but it was a real, real Illinois. But is a really was really impressive at the Senior Bowl. Highly athletic, good leverage player. Explodes off the ball. Um, I like that quite a bit. Richard Fenton's a defensive back from North South Carolina, and they asked added another uh, a dude, an offensive lineman, Allegretti from Illinois. But their late round pick I want to talk about is Darwin Thompson from Utah State, running back. I'm not a huge Damian Williams fan. I'm a little bit of a of a Hyde apologist, but I'm not so sure Darwin Thompson won't be the best of the group. And I know it's a six round pick. He is sturdy, thick, strong. Don't just think of him as a scat back. I think he's more Maurice Jones-Drew 
or Westbrook. I mean, they may see some Westbrook in this guy. That just kind of dawned on me, thinking about Andy Reid's history. Fantastic pro day, low to the ground. He's more that than he is Duke Johnson or Theo Riddick, but he's a good receiver. I think Darwin Thompson is a guy people really need to pay attention to, and you fantasy folks, you might want to stash him for a rainy day. I could see Reed. He might be like one of these preseason darlings that, whoa, where'd he come from? Didn't see him in college. Didn't come from a big school. Making people miss. Running through tackles. Receiver. I can see, and especially in that offense with the weaponry around him, Holmes and Reed. I think that's a real sneaky guy that could be a big impact player. Let's talk Chargers. Uh, I mentioned Chris Jones. Jerry Tillery has a lot of those traits. DeForest Buckner, super long arms, disruptive, long, you know, batting down passes, changing, uh, throwing lanes. little inconsistent. Um, I've heard people say he's kind of a different kind of cat, you know, in terms of just his personality, for good or bad. I'm not saying he's a bad guy at all. Um, so people were just kind of thought he might have been a little bit different than some dudes, you know, which could be fine. Who cares? Um, but a little inconsistent, a lot of upside, interior pass rush. You match him with Bosa, Ingram. That's a nice pickup. I really like that a lot, and especially the 28th pick. I'm going to go down to the last pick, too, was Cortez Broughton from Cincinnati. He also really gets off the ball well, um, has some of those traits like Tillery where he can line them up all over the defensive formation, uh, the defensive line in particular. So I'm not saying Broughton's in the same class as a guy that was taking more than 200 picks before him, but I was surprised he lasted as long as he did, and they, they might get two winners out of that group, respectively, You know where they were picked. I think this year Adelie's a winner. I mean, you got to remember, this is a Seahawks-like defense. Derwin is the perfect chancellor. Adderley will be the, the Earl. He won't just be a strict center field type, though. I think he could come down and play the slot. I think he has some man coverage skills. Um, takes the ball away. I'm sure he'll have really good ball skills. Excellent with the ball in his hands. Should help on all phases of special teams. I think he really firms up their, their safety situation. This defense has a chance to be pretty damn good. Um, two other defenders they added to are Ebulie from Houston and Tranquil from Notre Dame. They're both considered linebackers, but they're a little different. Tranquil's the better coverage player, safety turn linebacker. Um, should be able to deal with tight ends and running backs. He can run coming from a big program, where Aboulie, and I'm probably butchering his name, I apologize, is a good player, versatile, has some pass rush, more of a second-level guy, but could come down the line of scrimmage, rush the passer. Of course, both will help a ton on special teams. Again, I think this uh, this uh, defense has a chance to be much improved and very good. Derwin James, to me, is an utter superstar, of course, as is Bosa and Ingram. And they they got a lot that you got to deal with. On offense, they added Easton Stick. Easton Stick went 49-3 and after taking over Carson Wentz in North Dakota State. So he's worth a shot. I mean, they have Tyrod Taylor. Stick may end up being, develop into a long-time number two. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Phillip Rivers or the successor, but worth the risk. Good to add a young quarterback they haven't really lately. And then Trey Pipkins, I think, shocked a lot of people, including myself, for two reasons. First of all, 
I thought they would address the offensive line more than they did. And if I have one criticism of the Chargers in this draft is they didn't do enough for Rivers. Their pass protection has been really poor lately. He's been taking a beating. I would have liked to see. I had no problems with Tillery, Adderley, Tranquil, you know, Stick, those guys, all their other picks. But I just think in general they neglected their offensive line too much. Not to say Pipkins can't help. But he's a project. Um, he had a really nice East-West Shrine game. He's a very he tested quite well tackle. But you throw him in a right tackle right now, I think that's a recipe for disaster. You know, you're pulling a guy out of out of Sioux Falls. I mean, that's going to be a massive jump in competition. I don't. You know, not only to to me did they not address offensive line enough, but I would have preferred somebody with a maybe a a shorter ceiling, a lower ceiling that could help me sooner, most likely. And again, he may come in and be fine, but um, I, that, that move doesn't really add up to me, and I worry about Rivers. So um, another quick break, and then we'll finish up with the Raiders, who obviously were one of the big talks of the, of the whole draft process. All right, Mike Sando and I did talk Raiders yesterday. Um, again, urge you to check that out. Three first-round picks, a second, three-fourths, a fifth, and a seventh. Um, again, I got no problems with Farrell. He's safe. He does everything well. I just don't see an explosive player. I don't see anything close to the fourth-best player in this draft. Um, new GM, did was it impossible to trade down? I know they're going for high-character guys. And clearly, that's a massive need position. And I guess even before we talk him, we, you got to realize when you look at the Raiders draft, they gave up some picks for Antonio Brown. They got some picks, first-round picks, for Mack and Cooper. So you got to factor that in in terms of what they did with their 2019 draft picks. That's three huge names, obviously, around the league. But I don't approve of the Farrell pick. Um, the rest of the draft there I like, though. And I'm not saying Farrell's going to be a bad player. I just don't think he's worth the fourth pick in the draft. I think Josh Jacobs has a really good chance to be Offensive Rookie of the Year. I'm not saying he's Kamara, but I think he fits today's NFL really well. Um, I think Gruden will scheme him up. I think he'll be a far more productive pro than he was at Bama. And if Bama were in tighter games, I think Jacobs' numbers would have made him an easy first-round pick. So... I understand the logic of you don't use first-round picks on running backs, but you had so many picks, it kind of completes the offense to me. He fits today's NFL. It's a 24th pick. I certainly believe that he's you know, one of the top 20 best players in this draft. Actually, I think he's a better player than Farrell, a better prospect than Farrell. Pass rushers obviously have more value than running backs. I get that. Jonathan Abram, um, in-the-box safety, tough guy, trendsetter, Pseudo linebacker, um, uh, Joseph probably won't be back after this year. Could even get traded. Who knows? One year you get left on his deal. Uh, leadership, toughness, playmaker. So I'm cool with Abram at 27, especially considering the message. And again, Sando and I really talked about this that they're going for high character dudes. Although they brought in Ver Mont Vontez Perfect and Antonio Brown. Let's not ignore that. Corner's a big problem for these guys outside Gary and Conley, and they got two similar ones. Trayvon Mullen from Clemson, Isaiah Johnson from uh, Houston. Both are long. Um, Johnson is a former receiver turned corner. 
um, even with Oliver there, didn't have the benefit of Clemson's pass rush. Johnson, I think, has the higher ceiling of the two, but it sure looks to me like these are Al Davis press corners with size and length, that that's what they're going for at the position. Um, also would be fine cover three type guys in the Sherman mold. I think you'll see quite a bit of that as well. But you remember, I mean, their defensive coordinator came over from Cincinnati, and Cincinnati always had big, long corners. And they added two of them with talent that should help out. I like Max Crosby a lot, too. Um, edge guy from Eastern Michigan. Really good tester. Really good bender. Um, again, their pass rush is a real problem. Not the run defender of a guy like Farrell, so I think those two could complement each other. Um, obviously was a need. I mean, obviously. They also throw, throw Quinton Bell in that mix, too. I mean, he's a developmental guy. He was a 230th overall pick in the seventh round. So we'll see. Um, but, you know, all the pass rush they can get is really my point. And they had a two pass catchers in the fourth and fifth round I think are interesting. There's Foster Moreau, tight end from LSU, and the Clemson wide receiver that many, many of you are familiar with, Hunter Renfro. Um, pure slot. I mean, he is the stereotype. I mean, he is reliable, good, quick route runner, not super fast, not the biggest, not the most physical, reliable, made big plays in big situations, high character, good worker. Um, great. I mean, uh, he may see the field soon. I don't think he has a super high ceiling, but he could be a slot machine. You know I mean? I think that's exactly what he is. Moreau to me, I mean, he went in the fourth round, but he tested extremely well. hes You would think somebody that's as athletic as him that's a fourth-round pick would not be much of a blocker. That's absolutely not true. He's a very good blocker. Uh, he can contort his body. He can run. I think he's a long-time starting tight end in this league. I mean, to me, and I, saw, I, mean, I think the, the Raiders really benefited at a need position that was pretty deep this year that there was five, six, seven, eight of them in this, in this neighborhood that were all pretty darn good. And it wouldn't shock me at all if Moreau pays off quite well for them, big picture and ends up being a number one tight end and maybe even a, you know, a top 15 tight end in this league type of guy. I think he has those types of abilities. So pretty interesting. Um, folks, that's a wrap. I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. Um, I will let you know what all we got going next week, but I'm probably going to incorporate some more Locked On hosts. So if you have any requests, shoot me a note on Twitter. Please go to iTunes, leave me some reviews. You guys have been slacking a little on that, so get on it. So over and out. Take care. Bye.